Welcome to the party, pal. Michael Duke's show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world, uh, on the interwebs, and uh, around the state of Alaska, on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is The Michael Dukes Show. Oh, man, that's a little that's a little sensitive, isn't it? Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. That, that knob is a little sensitive. I don't know why. Hello and welcome to it. It is the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live every morning, Monday through Friday from 6 to 8 a.m. We welcome you to the program, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing. Thank you for coming on board and joining us. Uh, I'm back after a whirlwind trip uh, to Fairbanks uh, to broadcast the Alaska Radio Auction. And uh, just, I'm still, I mean, I'm just wiping the road dust out of my eyes still. It was just, just round, round trip, zoom, room, zoom, zoom, down and back. It was uh, a fun trip. Beautiful, beautiful weekend. I don't think we could have asked for better traveling weather, if nothing else. Nothing but uh, sunshine and blue skies for pretty much the uh, the whole trip. And uh, and here we are, back to, back to Monday, which... Uh, Oof, man! I could have used another couple days or so of uh, of a little rest and relaxation, but here we are. All right, so today we're getting ready to dive into it, and I got to be honest. Today is um, I was a little um, I wouldn't I, maybe frazzled was the word I was looking for. I was a little frazzled uh, because I was trying to get some guests on, and then I was like, you know what, I. No, it's okay. I like it. I like it when we just get a chance to sit back and um, and just riff a little bit. Just you and me. This is the, you know, the daily water cooler session where we're hanging around the the water cooler or the pot bellied stove, just kind of chatting about everything that's hot and in the news. And so here we go. Uh, we're we're ready to do it. Let's uh, let's dive into it this morning. Uh, it's going to be open line, open form for the big part of the day, and uh, we're just going to, you and I are just going to sit down and chit-chat all morning long. Um, that's uh, that's what we're here to do, and we're going to jump into it right now uh, with the phone lines. We're going to uh, just, uh, let's, hey, let's just make it happen, shall we? So, number to call if you would like to sound off is 907 907- 433-3150-907-433-3150. That's the uh, call-in line powered by our friends at Satellite West. We'd love to hear from you, so feel free to uh, dive in and let's uh, let's get things going on, shall we? And uh, and see what you guys have to say. Feel free to call us up this morning and uh, and be part of it if you want to. I suppose I should probably then turn the phone lines on, uh, shouldn't I? 
I probably should, in fact, turn the phone line. Oh, they okay, that's on, that's on. Look at me. It's Monday. What what do you got going on? Uh, let me make sure. Uh, yep, everybody's good. All right, phone lines are up, and we are now really ready. I mean it this time to talk about uh, whatever it is that you want to talk about. I see you got a lot of folks also in the chat room this morning, including my dad. Hi, dad. How are you? Icy Libertarian from Texas and a bunch of other folks. So feel free to uh, come on board and, uh, and, and and chit-chat with us. Let's hit on some of the big headlines that took place over the weekend, shall we? And uh, see what is, uh, you know, what's on everybody's mind. Now, Friday is the big drop-dead date. Um, that is the big date for you to have all of your um, ballots in and postmarked by. Um, I've got a stack of ballots downstairs on my desk that uh, we're ready to uh, to draw, take by and drop off to the uh, to the division of elections. You can just put them in the mail if you want, but uh, you know, I figured I took enough of a chance just having them actually get the ballots to my house, and so I will do the heavy lifting and get them back to the division of elections without having to have them go back through the mail uh, right now. But <clears throat> we're facing something that is just. Well, it's unlike anything we've ever seen before. 48 candidates running for a single seat. 48 candidates. And, of course, you know most of the big names, you know, like Santa Claus and Sarah Palin and Nick Baggage. A few of the names have got some real name recognition. And even some of the ones that probably have a lesser chance of winning have still got some recognition, including uh, people like John Coghill, etc., but it is this is going to be a um, an interesting race uh, for sure. Some people ran just because they felt like this was an opportunity to test out this new voting system. Um, then um, it's uh, it's you know it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we didn't vote for this. I mean, many of us here. Maybe there's somebody in the chat room that voted for it, or one of your listeners actually voted for the ranked choice voting system. But it seems like every time I talk to somebody who did, they didn't necessarily understand what the voting system entailed, which included the scrapping of the party primary system to create a single unified jungle primary system. And, of course, the uh, ranked choice voting, which is the one that's really drawn a lot of people's ire. But the, um, the, 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 the jungle primary is really the one that's going to catch people unawares and off guard here, I think, in the beginning, especially those who just don't pay attention to politics. And there, you know what? There are people out there like that who just don't pay attention to politics. And they're like, okay, um, so now this is the one time a year that I go to the voting booth and I do my thing. Uh, what am I supposed to do? They have no idea. Um, and, uh, and, and the state of Alaska has just done a horrible job I mean, I'm just going to say say it outright, a horrible job of explaining the differences in um, voting systems around uh, around the state of Alaska. What is what is going to be the thing? What is happening here? Um, well, and on top of that, of course, we still have the uh, we still have the special election, which adds just another layer of complexity to the mix. Because this special election takes place 
in advance of and actually simultaneously with the uh, regular election. So for those of you who haven't heard me talk about this before, um, let me let me let me just break it down. Okay, let me break it down for you one time. There are three dates that are important. The first one we're actually in the middle of. The deadline for your postmark is July 11th or June 11th, which is this Saturday. I said Friday, but I was in my mind I'm thinking I got to get everything in by Friday. But the the deadline to get your mail-in primary ballot for the special primary is this Saturday, June the 11th. That is only a primary for the empty congressional seat. It is a constitutionally required primary that takes place within a set amount of days of the seat being vacated, et cetera, et cetera. So June the 11th is the primary for the special election for the Congress seat. The next date that you're going to have to pay attention to and mark on your calendars, aside from the fact that it's my birthday, is August the 16th. You will then be required to go down and participate in the regular primary for the regular elections for every other seat that's up for election. And in addition to that, you will also be voting in the special general for the congressional race. So there's actually two races happening that day. The the regular primary, which will again be a jungle primary with uh, however many candidates are on each ballot. And then there will be the special general, which will be the actual vote for the congressional seat to finish out this year's term. To make it even more confusing, on the regular general is, excuse me, on the regular primary is also a primary ballot for the full seat of Congress, meaning not just to fill out the special election is only to fill out this seat until January. Then the regular election on or the regular primary on August 16th will choose the primary candidates who will then advance to the final date of the year, which is November 5th, November 8th, rather, for the regular election. So June the 11th, then August 16th, when all the bananas happen, you've got the primary for the special. You or excuse me, you've got the See, I'm even I'm getting confused. You've got the primary for the regular. You've got the special general election. And then everybody goes on to the November 8th, where everybody is chosen in the regular ranked choice voting for the regular election. And to confuse things even more in the state primaries on August the 16th, there are very few seats that have more than four candidates. And the ranked choice voting calls for the top four vote getters to move on to the general. So for the most part, there doesn't even really need to be pride. I think that there's one seat, if I recall. I think that there is one seat that has more than five candidates. So, I mean, technically, if you didn't have more than five candidates in any seat, you really wouldn't need an elect. You wouldn't really need a, a, a primary. 
because all four are going straight to the general anyway, so what does it matter? I think out of all 59 seats that are up for re-election, I believe that there's only one that has five candidates. The rest of them have four or less. So I don't know if that rundown helped you or hurt you at this point. This Saturday, August the 16th and November 8th, those are the three dates you need to remember. Uh, and And once you get through those three dates... I guess we'll see what it looks like on the other side. But again, woe be unto the people. Woe be unto the people who don't figure this out ahead of time and just are the people who they're doing their civic duty and they're going to show up and they're going to pull the lever on that one time a year that they know they have to pull, pull it. They've done no research or nothing else. They have not, they're going to walk in there to absolute madness. Because on August the 16th, you'll have one ballot for, the, well, and according to uh, Fanumii, the Division of Elections, she, she said that it's all going to be on one ballot. So, I don't even know, man. I just don't, I just don't even know how it's going to work. I know it's going to be a hot, hot, hot mess. So you'll have the regular election with all the various seats, your representative, your state representative, your state senator, the governor's, uh, the uh, U.S. Senate seat, the Congress seat, all of those will be up for the primary. Oh, and then you'll also vote in the regular ranked choice voting for the regular, for the special Senate seat. I mean, I... Yeah, yeah, I know. It just the the pucker factor is just ever increasing on this. It's gonna be an interesting. May you live in interesting times, is what they tell us. All right, so this is just a reminder, a public service reminder, to educate your neighbors, to tell us all about it. And to uh, try and get people aware ahead of time. We'll be back with more. We got some other stories and your phone calls. I got the phone lines open at 907-433-3150. On the Satellite West call in line. Give me a call this morning. Tell me what what are your thoughts? Are you ready for this? Are your, are your friends and relatives all educated? Have you been educating them up on what's coming? on this. I want to know. I want to hear from you. Or are you just as confused as I think many people will be? Let us know. Back with more of the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, um, pardon me while I wiggle this knob. There we go. I'm having a... 
I got a dirty pot. That's technical speak. Dirty pot. Uh, this, uh, my gain output on this mixer is starting to go out and it's, uh, causing me some issues. Causing me some issues. All right. Uh, there we go. That's a little bit better. Okay. Um, let me go back over here to the chat room. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all of you folks out there. I see my dad. He was on YouTube and then he's on he's on Facebook. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Kevin, Bill, Robbie, Sandy. Um, Kevin asked the same thing. What's the point of even having a primary? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Rob Myers is over on YouTube. He says limited in-person voting available through Saturday. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people who don't pay attention to politics, says Sandy, and the state is lame. Well, I don't think the state is lame. I like this state. It's not lame. Maybe what we've got going on is a little crazy. Um, special house seat, question mark, said, uh, I mean, that's the thing. It's a special election for the remainder of the term, which is, I mean, the whole thing is just weird. Uh, you know, the whole thing is just the worst time for this to happen. Um, the worst time for this to happen is right. And for, you know, Don Young to pass away and all this to go on the first time that we're going through, um, the first time we're going through this whole jungle primary rank choice voting thing, this is just the worst time for it to happen. All right. You thought I, – I thought you said Senate. You know, I may have said Senate. At some point, Brian, I lost my own thought in there. It was so confusing. I may have said special Senate. I meant special House seat. It's the special House vote. But, I mean, the, the whole thing is just – Again, a hot mess. Um, <clears throat> the state is beautiful. The government is lame. Uh, Sandy was just trying to clarify there what's going on. All right. So what do, what do you guys got going on? How was your weekend? What did you do? Tell me in the chat room, what did you do? Um, I mean, did you, uh, uh, did you relax? Did you work hard all weekend? Um you know, inquiring minds want to know. I, um, I had a bomb. I mean, I was, I bombed down to, uh, or bombed up to Fairbanks and then, uh, came back. Um, it was, I mean, I was, I wanted to try and see my mom and dad and everything. I mean, every time I tried to leave the radio station, it was like something else would come up and I'd have to do one more thing. And it was just, I finally fell into bed on Friday night um, right the night before the, I finally fell into bed at like eight o'clock. I was, I was exhausted and I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done for today. And then we got up the next day, did the uh, five hours of broadcasting and hopped in my car and drove home. That was, uh, that was pretty, pretty crazy. Bill did a turn and burn to Los Angeles, Los Anchorage yesterday. Uh, finished moving. Oof, cut and stacked firewood. You guys are much more ambitious than me. I spent yesterday, uh, first of all, I slept in until I'm almost embarrassed to say how late because I was exhausted. And then I spent the rest of the day hanging out with my wife and uh, chatting and talking and doing that. Um, reset my fuel oil tank. Replace the lights in the wife's garage. You guys are so much more ambitious than I was this weekend. Well, I mean, I did work all day 
I mean, I did put in a good 14 hours of uh, working and broadcasting and driving uh, on Saturday. But yesterday, I did a whole lot of nothing. And I feel pretty good about it. I'm not even embarrassed. I feel pretty good about it. Um, all right. We've got... Uh, we got more coming up. We're going to jump back into this here. Do I have any phone calls? No phone calls. Oof. But I am reminded now that I have to return to the radio. All right. <clears throat> here we go. Jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's do it. Welcome back to the program, The Michael Duke Show. Today is open line, open form, and uh, that means we can chit-chat about anything that you want to talk about, uh, not necessarily just what I have uh, brought up. Uh, we started off uh, talking about what is happening with the regular election and the special election. And that special election is by is by the way is for the U.S. Congress seat. If I said Senate, somebody in the chat room said I said special Senate election, which is very possible because it's so so many different moving parts. But uh, yeah, I mean you could take a look at all the different um, you could take a look at all the new uh, stuff that's uh, that's going to be happening. Um, but I got to tell you, this election season, not only for the forty eight candidates that are there in uh, the uh, special election for Congress. But there is definitely some interesting things going on. Uh, there was some analysis that uh, Suzanne Downing did uh, for Must Read Alaska talking about how the Alaska Senate is the wild card this election season. Um, and you have to think about it. I mean, you've got a body of 20 people and, uh, you know, she's right. Even before the first vote is cast, 20, almost 25% of the uh, Senate is going to be changed out. I mean, just because Peter Machicki, Tom Beggage, Laura Reinhold, Natasha, Von Amhoff, not going to be, they're not going to be there. They, they've, they've declined to run for re-election. And that's a huge vacancy in a body with only 20 members. And it is the first time that both the Senate president and the minority leader have left at the same time, who have basically declined to run again at the same time. And uh, so this is going to be a very, very interesting time in Alaska politics. And she actually goes back and does um, – Suzanne has actually been doing a great job. Um, she talked, I think it was last week, about the – I think she called it the Walker Caucus in the legislature. Basically, the um, – basically, the, the – 
the legislators who had supported a lot of Bill Walker's movements during his campaign, and a lot of them were hangers-on. She goes deeper into that this time and talks again about the histories of the race. And this is, if you want a primer of what's going on in uh, in state government, then this is this is really a um, this is really a, a good little piece talking about it. You know what happened, what the history of the uh, Senate is, what the history of the majorities are in those caucuses. But she raises a very unsettling possibility in my mind. Um, first of all, that this could be a play, and depending on who's voted in when, this could be a play for another coalition caucus inside the Senate, where the Democrats are running things because there are Republicans who are anti-PFD Republicans who may now cozy up to them, which was always the worry uh, when we talked to people like Shelley Hughes and Mike Schauer about why, oh, why do you stay in these ra- in these caucuses when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing? And, of course, the fear was um, that, uh, you know, that, that, that if they did leave the caucus, the caucus would reform with a new coalition that included Democrats and would just increase spending and they would never get their PFDs anyway. And I could see that now. I could see that. That's uh, a problem. That's a real problem. Um, And I don't know where we're going from here. Although it was an interesting tactic uh, that Tom Begich took part in. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Um, Because she brought to light some stuff that I was not even aware of. And um, in in the details of what happened, like how did Tom Tom Begich pull, pull this off? And pull what off? We'll talk about that here in a second. But first, let's go to the phones and see what you guys have to say. 433-3150, the Satellite West call-in line. Let's go over here and see uh, what's on your mind. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Charlie and Homer. Hello, Charlie. I'm calling to let people know that District 31, Old District 31, New District 6, which covers the southern end of the Kenai Peninsula, is having an organizational meeting this evening at 6 o'clock at the Aspen Hotel here in Homer. We'll be recruiting and electing precinct leaders, which are absolutely critical to getting out the vote, educating their neighbors, helping them get to the polls like you talked about earlier. And then we'll also have Representative Sarah Vance will be there to talk to us, give us some legislative update, and also talk about her campaign issues and and points. And then we'll have Heath Smith, who is running against Gary Stevens for our new Senate seat C, reorganized Senate seat. Uh, Heath Smith is a former city council member and Homer city council member and is running. We're hoping he will get elected and uh, get rid of uh, Mr. Stevens and have some new blood, fresh ideas in the uh, state Senate. And uh, we hope everybody will turn out again at 6 o'clock at the Aspen Hotel, which is right across the street from the Safeway here in Homer. And everybody's welcome. We'd love to have you come and uh, learn a little bit more about what's going on. Okay, Charlie. How important is it, do you think, uh, looking at the races that we're looking at right now and everything that's happening in the state, 
how important is it that we get more people to participate in the and 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 like you said, elect the right people to these districts? Uh, because we've seen a lot of the problems. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I've taken umbrage with a lot of the things that the party has done across the state because they've allowed a lot of these people to run unfettered. How important is it to get grassroots people who may have never participated before in these kind of things to be part of it? Mike, it's absolutely critical. If we're going to turn around the direction of our state and our country, we have to get people involved, get out the vote, get people who have not been paying as much attention or maybe are just on the periphery of what's going on. They have to get out we have to educate them. We have to show them the importance, demonstrate to them the importance of voting. And in this confusing election that we've got, we may need to provide sample ballots to people, show them you know, how they're going to work, what they need to do. As soon as we can get our hands on a sample ballot, we're going to try and figure out what to do with that. Right. Give those to our precinct leaders so they can get out and, and visit with their neighbors uh, some of whom are registered voters but don't actively participate in the process. Right. Um, well, do you I've agree? Been looking at some do data you, that we. Do you agree with my analysis? I'm sorry. Do you agree with my analysis that there will be a lot of people that show up to the ballot this year that have no idea what's going on because they don't really care about politics per se. I mean, they care about the country and they care. They have their views and their beliefs and they're probably conservatives and everything, but that they will have no idea of the intricacies of the jungle primary versus ranked choice voting. I mean, do you agree with that? I think you're right on target with that. I, I spoke with a gentleman the other day after he'd received his ballot for the special primary that we're looking at now for Congressman Young's seat. Had the 48 people on there, and he said, Charlie, did I, did I just mark four on this and send it back? No, 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 no. You just right. one out of the 48. You know, and, and I think it's, as you mentioned earlier, it's going to be even more confusing if our Division of Elections prints one ballot, as they said they've going, or they're going to do, and puts everything in one ballot, and some people, will, I think, will be quite confused by the whole process. And so yeah. that's why it's going to be absolutely critical for us to have representatives in all the precincts, all the neighborhoods, who can help their neighbors understand how to go about voting this time right so that we can get people out number one and get people to uh, correctly mark their ballots so that they don't get rejected right exactly because if you remember you... when you had when you had dr Benicom on your program months right. ago right talking about the ranked choice voting remember when he looked at maine's voting process and the results of what happened that the individuals who got elected in that use of the ranked choice voting were actually elected by a majority of a smaller number than the people who actually voted because right. so many of the ballots were rejected that it was a smaller number than, than what would have been required if they had a regular, just a standard election. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's the problem is, like you said, your friend says, do I just mark four and send it in? There's probably a lot of people out there who aren't asking the question and just marking four and sending it in and invalidating their own ballot. They just don't even know uh, because people are, 
embarrassed. You know, they're embarrassed to show that they they're, they're anybody. You know, a lot of people are embarrassed to show ignorance. They just don't know. And the state thus far has done a piss poor job of trying to explain this whole system to anybody. I, well, I think the state that is trying, and I hear things on the radio and I read things in the in the paper of, that they're trying to do some education, but it is a complicated process that they've that we've burdened ourselves with one way or another. We we somehow or another we let it get through. We burdened ourselves with it, and so now we've got to deal with it. Right. And it is complicated and confusing, and so I think it's makes it even more important for us to work as hard as we can to educate people and help them understand how to use the process to our advantage for our country and our state. All right. So 6 p.m. Aspen Hotel in uh, down there in Homer for the former District 31, now District 6 Republican Party meeting. You guys are going to pick precinct leaders and um, – and you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, hopefully a bunch of people show up. We hope, and we're also going to discuss uh, endorsements. We have several candidates that have asked for an endorsement from our district, and we're going to be discussing those as well. Good, good. Well, thank you, Charlie, for sounding off and letting us know about that. We appreciate it. That's uh, one of the functions of this show is to let folks know at the last minute what's going on. So we appreciate that. Thank you, Michael. Have a good day. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you, uh, Charlie. Willie Keppel out in Quinnahawk uh, is in the chat room this morning. He has filed for uh, the uh, seat in Bethel out there, and he said this morning uh, there's going to be some new paperwork filed challenging uh, the residency of Lyman Hoffman, which, of course, is one of the – I guess one of the worst kept secrets uh, known is that Hoffman has a place in Anchorage and that's where he really spends his time and that he doesn't really live in the district. This is a this is a secret that many Bush legislators have had over the years that they had a second place uh, in Anchorage and uh, and just ostensibly it was easier. But does it really mean, you know, where's their residency in that regard? So we'll be following that, Willie. Thanks for the heads up on that. I appreciate you letting us know. All right, we're coming up on the break, and we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to talk more, including about Tom Baggage's l- sneaky, sneaky, his sneakiness. How did he pull this off? What am I talking about? Well, you'll have to come back to find out. Yep, that's called a hook, by the way. You want to find out what Tom Baggage was sneaky about? We'll tell you about that here in just a second. The Michael Duke Show continues. It is your home for Common Sense Radio. Open line, open forum, any topic is fair game. We'll also get into a little bit about the new gun compromise that Congress is floating around right now. We'll see what happens there. That's all coming up right here on your home for Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. 
What's that you say? Sneaky politician? No, say it ain't so. <laughs> it is so, my friend. It is so. There is some serious sneakiness going on in there. Um, precinct lines are not drawn yet in the new districts. I'm a precinct leader in Ketchikan, Old District 36. I'm not familiar with the process uh, of drawing the precinct lines, Susie. Does that happen? Uh, is that done by the division or is that done by the part? How does that work? How do the new precinct lines work? Um, once that is, I mean, we've got the new districts now because we had to by June 1. We had to have the the we had to have the new district lines in. That was part of the rush to get that all through the court system. But what is the process on the precinct lines? Is that something that uh, uh, is that something that uh, uh, will be uh, done by the division? Okay. Uh, Barbara says the division of elections draws those. Okay. Well, good. That's is why we crowdsource the information. Good morning, Kathleen on YouTube, uh, and and another Kathleen in the in the chat. Good morning, Sean in on YouTube as well. We got a few people out on the YouTubes, which reminds me, I don't know why this is so hard. I have thirty six hundred and something followers on Facebook, and um, I just want a few of those people to go over to my YouTube channel and like and subscribe on YouTube. Because I need to, I need to hit a thousand subscribers. There's some different things I can do with the YouTube chat, um, but to, to hit these certain levels, you gotta, you gotta have like a thousand subscribers to do it. I have 275 subscribers right now on YouTube, which I appreciate each and every one of you. Don't get me wrong, um, but I really need a thousand subscribers. So if you have been following the show. And uh, you've liked and followed the show page on YouTube and on Facebook. Would you go over to YouTube and do that for me again? Thank you for this public service. Now, this message brought to you by me. Thank you for coming on board and uh, and doing that for me. Okay. Um, let me see what else is going on here. Well, I have a small farm, so I cleaned out the sheep shed and hauled six loads of government to a small field. <laughs> oh man, all of that, uh, all of that good, healthy sheep stuff. That's some good fertilizer right there. Um, what did Greg do? Greg did a sterling trip with machines and then installed a water line for his neighbor because that's the kind of guy he is. Takes his weekend off to install a water line for a neighbor. You're a man among men. Um, in Fairbanks, the precinct lines will change very little, says Barbara. Um, they were waiting for the final redistricting to be final, says Susie. It's done by the division. Uh, she said she's already talked with them. She said she's already talked with them three times about it. Oof, man. Wow. Okay. Um, well, what else are you guys? Um, what else are you guys ready to talk about here this morning? Any other topics you guys want to bring up? I mean, we've been talking about elections, and of course, that's going to be the big thing throughout most of the summer. I'm sure is going to be a big election thing. But is there any other topics you guys want to chat about today that 
we can that I can pull out of the hat uh, because here's what I mean. What I have lined up. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, baggage's uh, sneaky sneaky. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about that. Okay. Um, how about the new uh, the new gun deal? We're going to talk about that. Did you see this piece in the? Um, it's interesting now. The ADN. I don't know if I want to talk about this yet. I may want to talk about it when we get back to the radio. The ADN though is already picking up articles from the Alaska Beacon, which is this new. It's that it's the new news outlet that's all full of progressive journalists, right? Including Lisa Fu and uh, James Brooks and uh, Andrew Kitcherman and everything else. They're they're already the ADN is already starting to pick up these articles, and um, the I got to tell you, um, they're already taking aim at pretty much everything. They're digging for anything that they can find to uh, to make any kind of conservative administration look bad. We're going to talk about that here in a minute um, as well because it just seems to me that. Well, there's an agenda there, I guess is what I'm going to say. There's an agenda there. That's the bottom line. Uh, Pete says, any baggage don't need to be in charge. Well, Pete, I would say this. You don't, you can't pick your family, right? You can't pick who your brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and daughters and you can't, you can't pick family. I wouldn't throw baggage out with the bathwater simply because he has the same name as a guy you don't like. That's just me though. You can make your own decisions on that. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. So, um, we say a politician is sneaky. Somebody in the chat room said, what? You say sneaky politician? No. But it is. Uh, it is a little sneaky. And I didn't realize how sneaky till I got down into some of the particulars of it. Um, we were talking earlier how, you know, it's this is the first time ever that both the Senate president, Peter Machicki, and the minority leader... Tom Baggage are going to be, you know, not running for re-election that they're getting out. But I didn't realize, I didn't realize, and of course we were reading the, we were reading the candidacies uh, from the primary list uh, on the air here last week, and we were talking about it. Um, and I said it was interesting because Tom Baggage had announced that he wasn't going to be running, but his name was still on the, um, um, that he was still on he was still on the list meaning his candidacy was still good he has since apparently um pulled that back and uh and uh withdrawn from the race but here's how sneaky it got uh no one knew that tom beggage wasn't going to run except loki tobin his aide now, what's interesting is that there are two House members in his district, Zach Fields and Harriet Drummond, who were both redistricted into the same House race. 
So their lines were redrawn, and now they both reside in the same house race, and they, in fact, are going to be battling it out with each other. But if they had known that Tom Begich wasn't going to run, one of them could have run for the state Senate, right? If they had known that Begich wasn't going to run. But it was five minutes before the 5 p.m. deadline on June the 1st that Loki Tobin, Tom Begich's aide, hit the file button and shot off his paperwork to the Division of Elections. Five minutes before the deadline. And both Zach, and, uh, Zach Fields and Harriet Drummond were left out in the cold, out in the dark. They had no idea. Now, asserts, asserts uh, Suzanne Downing, that Tom Begich will be able to control that seat because it's his aide in the same manner that he was able to control the redistricting of Alaska by puppet mastering behind the scenes um, and, uh, and, and pulling some strings without actually having to be in office. Uh, that's some crazy stuff right there. I mean, that is some, that is some Machiavellian fifth level chess going on five minutes before the deadline. Tobin drops his paperwork into the electronic uh, inbox and, and baggage is like, yep, now I'm out. I mean, that was that's some crazy stuff. That's some crazy, crazy stuff. Um, so sneakiness, yeah. I think he takes the prize this go-around for the sneakiest politician. Uh, uh, well, it may be, is sneaky the right word? Strategic, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is definitely, he filed for the seat. Five minutes before closing, his aide files for the seat. Then he withdraws from the race. I still think that classifies as sneaky. I I really, really do. I think that that classifies as sneaky. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe it's just... Anyway, phone lines are open if you want to sound off and talk about this. Now you can. 433-3150. 907-433-3150. Powered by our friends at Satellite West. Uh, you can find out more about them at SatelliteWest.com. Uh, we'd love to. We'd love to hear everything that you have to see. Well, ever since um, the shooting in Uvalde, um, where you know those nineteen kids and and two adults were killed, and then, of course, the the Buffalo, New York shooting earlier, and now we've got shootings that took place over the weekend. Uh, over this last week and over the weekend, uh, shootings in um, Tennessee and Philadelphia, Iowa, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, there's just all of a sudden it just seems like there's this rash of, I don't know if they're copycats or what. Uh, in some cases, only two or three people were killed. Uh, in some cases, more. But it's a, I mean, it's a tragedy, and there is mounting pressure. On the Senate, both the um, both the uh, Democrats and the Republicans to do something. That seems to be the uh, that seems to be the the thought here that we've got. There's something that has to be done. Uh, there's an article that is uh, reposted from the Washington Post. Uh, it's up in the on the uh, ADN this morning. Uh, talking about 
um, you know, talking about how there has to we ha- that again, we have to be doing something to get to change these laws or to stop what's happening. And for a moment, I just I just want folks to understand again that the idea is that the idea that we have to do something because something tragic happens is 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 strictly i guess a political it's a political um boy i can't think of the word it, it's it's basically a political axiom or a political uh, maneuver i'm not saying you know and there are a lot of people out there who are probably calling for something to be done but continuing to look to the government to try and solve these problems is not going to fix the issue we you know we've got we we we've got we should be smarter that basically utilizing and using emotion charged rhetoric uh, and using a situation and the emotions from that situation to create long lasting policy we've seen this over and over and over again where basically oh we've got to we just got to do something about this and that's kind of where we're coming down on with this new um uh bipartisan congressional response to the recent mass shootings the new group which is put together and and they're not naming all the members of the group but they do include people like Pat Toomey um who uh, you'll remember from the Toomey Mansion background expanded background check bill that failed a few years ago who's a Republican, but obviously has no love for firearms. Um, you've got Pat Toomey. You've got uh, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut. You've got uh, Richard Dick Blumenthal in there as well. Um, and it's all being basically uh, timed out and put together uh, by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who was he's he has limited patience for extended talks, the story says. And he gave this group of senators 10 days until the Senate returns today uh, from the week long recess to show substantial progress towards an agreement. But that uh, has now been extended because Murphy, Chris Murphy spoke to Schumer yesterday and they've extended it. But now they're looking at some of these ideas. And then you've got Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who's in talks, uh, who is leading the talks for the Republicans, and said that, I think we need to act. I think we need to act relatively quickly. We could lose this opportunity to do what we could to save lives, which is, to me, what this is all about. No, this is all about looking like you're doing something. That's what this is all about. Uh, that's why the headlines, I mean, the AP, I go to the AP every morning because for, for uh, you know, what we're doing for the radio stations and everything else. And I read the news every morning. And at the top of the AP, since the Uvalde shooting, there has been this whole big box about all about Uvalde. Everything, every story, story for every child, a story for what's going on, the pastor who got shot at, everything else. It's like you know, it, it again. It it's about throwing this up and keeping this up in people's faces again and again and again 
forcing them to say, well, if you don't agree with doing something, then you just are in favor of all the bad stuff that's happening here. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about making correct decisions, not making emotionally charged decisions on this kind of stuff. Holy cow, how did we come to... I'm sorry, uh, we're up against the top of the hour. Um, I This is why I usually reserve this stuff for Firearms Friday, because I can get into it so quickly. But uh, we can continue this discussion if you want to. Let's, uh, let's uh, keep that going. You can give us a call, 433-3150. Open line, open forum into hour two. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Brian says, this is why they continue to churn the emotional tub. I agree. Um, because a lot of those people, um, you know, a lot of those folks have an ax to grind. They purport to be non-biased, but they've got an ax to grind. And so they're doing everything they can to continue to throw this outrage up in front of people's faces to say, see, 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 this is why we need to get something done. Um... Yeah, I was looking for the quote to basically say we're gonna we have to do something. Um, certification process. Um, have to do uh, raise minimum age. Uh, do something, anything. There we go. That's the stats. That's it right here. Let me highlight this so that when we come back, I can find it right out of the gate. Okay, there we go. Um. What a piece of work. Continuous context distortion. Yeah. It is sneaky. Did you see that poll Elon Musk did on Twitter? He asked people who they trust more, billionaires or politicians. Politicians lost by more than 75%. Although I just saw on Drudge this morning that that, that, that Musk is now exercising his option not to buy Um. Um. Uh, not to buy Twitter. Where is that? Where is that uh, little thing here? Um, basically, he's exercising his option to step out of it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't pull it up. Okay, so I'll have to come back to it again. But yeah, apparently he's not buying Twitter after all. Which I guess big sigh of relief to everybody whose life was ending because Twitter will now be would now have been owned by a multi billionaire who. Apparently hates freedom or whatever they wanted to say on that. Um, let's go over to the phones and get this caller set up for the return to radio at the top of the hour here. We're about uh, three and a half minutes away or so from the return. So let's go over here and see what they have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello. I think they're trying to dial. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hello, caller. Hello. Hello. Yes. Hello. Is this the Michael Duke show? It is. Who's this and where are you calling from? Oh, my name is um, 
Jerry. I'm calling from Homer. Okay, is Jerry. It Mike? Yeah, it is. Hold on a second, Jerry. You're going to be first up. We're going to get back onto the radio here in just a hot no, second. I don't. I don't. I don't really want to be on the air. Okay. Well, quickly, what would you like I to just share? Wa- I, I just want you to, com- Mike. I just want you to comment on something. Okay. Sure. Can you? Okay. Can you? Can you please address the issue um, of where the principal was at the school in Texas? We don't hear anything about where the principal of that school was during the shooting. Can you comment about that somehow? Um, I can look at it, yeah, because I don't know where the principal was. I'll have to find out and see where he was on that, and I will, uh, I will comment on it, Jerry. Okay, Mike, I haven't heard a word about it uh, any anywhere, anytime, anywhere. Right. And if you could just address that issue, that's all I really wanted to say. Okay, Jerry, thank you very much. I will look into it and see if I can figure that out before uh, Firearms Friday. Thank you for calling in. Um, all right, let's go over to this other line then, and we'll get them set up for the return to radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Carlene and Kodiak. Well, hello, my dear. You want to hold the line here, and you will be first up in the queue. Okay? Don't uh, don't yes, don't please. go don't go anywhere. Okay. Carlene is now on hold. Um, the left is recruiting many of these shooters, says Sandy. The young guys had new guns, ammo, and a new truck, and his parents had no idea where these things came from or how he got them. Unfortunately, this means we will see more shootings. Um, I mean, that was one of the questions. I mean, the, the how does this kid afford a $4,000 rifle? And I have not seen any explanation as of that uh, right now. Um, I didn't know he had a new truck. But, uh, yeah, how does a guy get $4,000? Unless, I guess, maybe he had excellent credit and went out there and bought it on a credit card. I don't know. Um, uh, who he was... He was hiding under his desk. The principal was hiding under his desk. I don't know if the principal was or not. That, you know, that breaks my heart. Why can't we just have a few more people who have the ability to defend themselves and others, especially when the police sat outside for 40 minutes? Oh, ban credit cards. He bought it with a credit card. We have to ban credit cards. Uh, It seems like most of these shootings happen in election years when Democrats are in charge. Am I wrong on that? I don't know. I'd have to analyze it. But again, causation, it, you know, causality is not, you know, whatever, whatever the phrase is. Correlation does not causation. Um, it may be. But uh, I'm starting to I'm starting to I'm starting to wonder about some of these things. Um, all right. We are less than a minute out right now. Can I ask you guys to do me a favor again? If you haven't liked my YouTube channel, please would you do so right now? I need a thousand subscribers and I'm gonna keep asking until I get my thousand subscribers. I'm just that's just how it's gonna be. If you haven't subscribed, would you do so right now? Because I gotta hit a thousand subscribers to be able to use super chats and some other things that I want to be able to use on YouTube. So go over there, hit the subscribe, ring the bell all the all the good jazz all the youtube things do it over there all right here we go the michael duke show common sense radio
Hello, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Alive around the world, or, uh, live across the world, on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find the podcast, all the links to our social medias, and of course, all a list of all the radio stations and or translators that we broadcast on, uh, and of course, alive across the state of Alaska on all of those radio stations and or translators. So welcome to the program. It is hour two of the Michael Duke show. Today is open line, open forum. The phone lines are open right now at 907-433-3150 powered by our friends at Satellite West. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. This is just, you know, we've been talking about the election uh, in the state, the special elections, the Senate, the sneakiness. We've talked a little bit about some of the gun stuff. And uh, we're going to uh, we're going to continue uh, on the phone with us right now. One of our callers, Carlene from Kodiak, one of our favorite callers, joins us this morning. Carlene, what is on your mind, my dear? Um, the do something movement that's going on. Sure, I've been hearing clips on the Charlie Kirk show, and it just seems like from the Oval Office. They just keep saying the rhetoric is over and over again to do something, do something, do something. But my feeling is that it's uh, do something even if it's wrong. Well, absolutely. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. That, I mean, that, that really is in, in the eyes, in the, in the world of politics, it doesn't matter that if what they're doing is right or wrong. If they could look back to it and hold it back and on Election Day, they can say, look, see, I did something. Now, whether it's whether it's, uh, 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 you know, whether it was something that was good or bad or indifferent or did nothing or it had no effect, it doesn't matter. I did something. And that is the again, that's the most dangerous thing to have politicians do is just to do something and you're right carlene the uh the plea this is from the the washington post article biden's overarching plea however was for congress to do something do anything to break free of nearly three decades of inactions on guns they're just frustrated that there's no they're frustrated that the people don't want it that they know better than us somehow that this is what needs to happen and this emotional opportunity is before them so that they need to do something, do anything to break it. Michael, I don't know what happened with the military, but there was a deadline of like January 2nd that all of the military had to be vaccinated or else they would get a dishonorable discharge. And it just just seemed like it was coming against 
a good, such good people, you know, people too that wouldn't take the vaccine. Um, they, he could have given them an honorable discharge, a dishonorable discharge, or a general discharge. Right. But it just seems it was just so horrible. I don't know what came of that. Well, there were there was a there was a big chunk of people who got separated from the service, and I don't know if it was a dishonorable or a general discharge or what, but there were a bunch of people who did get separated from the service over that, um, and they stood their ground and and did what they needed to do. Um, I don't know what um, you know. I I don't know. Uh, I I didn't hear much about it after the deadline, other than a chunk of the service had been separated. Uh, and I don't remember what the number was, but it was a, you know, it was, I think it was in the double digits when it was all said and done, uh, low double digits. But uh, the fact that those folks had to choose, you know, that kind of situation is troubling. Um, and I know that when you do go into the military, you do give up some of your constitutional rights. I mean, you're now operating under the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, instead of the Constitution. But um, it's, um, I mean, it was tragic that that was, that was the choice that they were given. Michael, I didn't have the right word for it. I, I came up with call or prune, but on Friday on the town hall news, they called it purging of the military. And then there's a pastor in Twin Falls, Idaho, Pastor Mike Kestler. I listened to him at times and he said that 700 people walked out of the Mayo Clinic, doctors and nurses, who would not get the vaccine. Hmm. Um, I wasn't. I hadn't heard that uh, number or that story before. But I mean, again, it doesn't surprise me. We're still finding out things about uh, the vaccine and some of the ramifications of that. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it was nearly as bad as some people expected, but it was worse than a lot of people had advertised. It was. You know, it does have side effects. It does have. Um, it does have, uh, 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 you know, problems and ramifications and unknown factors. And that's always been my concern. I was never against people wanting to get the vaccine if they wanted to get it. I was against the forcing of the vaccine because, again, it was an unknown quantity. We didn't know what the long-term ramifications were. And, of course, now we know about the, uh, you know, the problems with the, the young men and, and the, you know, the myocarditis and other problems with the heart. And there were some issues of reproduction, you know, for people who were uh, uh, trying to get pregnant and some other things. I mean, there's a lot of things in there that we still don't know. In the long term, we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, it would not surprise me. Somebody in the chat room just said that there was a bunch of sea, uh, SEALs, Navy SEALs, who were fighting it in court, and I don't know what the outcome of that is, but yeah, it's still it's still troubling. Um, Michael, there was a clip last week of Klaus Schwab, and uh, he said the next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner, and then he came right out and said that there is something uh, that's going to come about. I don't know if it's another pandemic or what it is, but. His, there were clips of that on the Charlie Kirk show about Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. Mm. Well, there's always some other crisis around the corner. I mean, we live, uh, it seems like in today's uh, today's uh, age, we live in an age of basically moving from one crisis to another, propped up in part by the news media who loves to have it for the clickbaitiness of it and to be able to garner views. 
and uh, and that's all part of the problem. I mean, Brian says that's an important. That's why it's important to maintain the high emotional factor, getting emotionally charged people to do things. They don't make rational decisions when they're emotionally charged. And so it always has to be some other crisis, Carlene. It has to be some other crisis or something else. I mean, was it going to be monkeypox that was going to be the next thing or was it something else? Or was it nuclear war because of the war in Ukraine? Or is it the gun thing? Or there's always going to be some other kind of crisis. And we've just we've got to we've got to be adult about this. We have to make decisions again, not based in emotion, but in fact and in logic. And that's what I think we're running up against right now uh, across the country. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Carlene, for calling in. It's always good to hear from you. We appreciate that. That leaves some lines open on the call-in line at 433-3150-433-3150. If you'd like to sound off this morning, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say, uh, and uh, we'd love to, to chat with you. Uh, in a moment, we're going to be talking about some of the latest uh, coming in from the Alaska Beacon which, if you haven't heard, the Alaska Beacon is a new news organization made up predominantly of progressive journalists who have got a bit of an axe to grind. And now we're seeing the ADN picking up those those bylines from the Alaska Beacon, which I just I find ironic, to say the least. We'll talk about that here in a second. But first, let's go back to the phones over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, good morning. This is Ray from North Pole. Good morning, Ray. Yeah, I just got back last night from uh, Soldatna, and I uh, stopped in uh, Wasilla to see a buddy that lives on Wasilla Lake, and uh, I saw the funniest video he showed me. I asked him how his grandson was, and he showed me this video. His grandson comes up to his mother, and he's got a big black marker, and he says, you're probably going to want this. And uh, then he runs over to her purse and gets a tampon out. And he goes, when you get mad, you're probably going to need this. And she takes it, and he runs back over to her purse and grabs another handful of tampons. And he says to her, you're probably going to need more than one. Because <laughs> evidently the little shit was writing on the walls. Okay, he was writing on the walls. Uh, all right, Ray. Appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Four three three thirty one fifty, four three 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 one five zero is the phone number. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say this morning. Uh, they have the monkeypox. They're starting to go back to mask wearing. Um, the uh, air concern. Uh, all different kinds of comments in the chat room right now. Uh, if you'd like to be part of the chat room, you can join us over there. Uh, on Facebook or on YouTube, facebook.com slash Michael Duke show slash live, or just search, search up, uh, just search up uh, Michael Duke show on YouTube as well. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say this morning. Um, I was just talking about how the Alaska Beacon, which is this new news organization, made up predominantly of, um, <clears throat> you know, very progressive journalists, including Lisa Fu out of Juneau. Um, James Brooks, um, Andrew Kitcherman, um, and this is one of those. This is one of those projects, one of those uh, states projects that have been funded by organizations that have got a definite bent on where they want the news to go. 
um, they have uh, started putting out news stories. And interestingly enough, I've noticed um, um, I noticed that uh, the ADN is now picking up these stories, uh, including this one uh, in the political section of the ADN, talking about um, the Alaska's uh, education reimbursement. Concerns raised over potential conflict of interest in Alaska's review of private education reimbursement. Um, they're saying that Alaska Attorney General Craig, uh, excuse me, Treg Taylor, could have a conflict of interest as the State Department of Law that he oversees is looking into the legality of using public funds for private education through the state's correspondence school or homeschool allotment program. His wife is a major proponent of the concept, Jody Taylor. She is the board president of the Alaska Policy Forum, and she wrote an op-ed last month that was published in various news websites and blogs offering instructions on how families can use state-funded correspondence school allotments for classes at private schools. She wrote that two of their youngest children attended an Anchorage private school and are also enrolled in a public correspondence school that offers an allotment of $4,000 per student, and she plans to request the allotment as reimbursement for private school classes. Now, this is nothing new. Um, we homeschooled all of our kids through the Galena City School District program, uh, which is known as IDEA, Interior Distance Education, um, and it... Uh, it is nothing new to be able to uh, use those reimbursements for classes that you would send your children to, whether public or private. Um, the issue uh, apparently has been raised by the executive director for the Alaska Public Interest Research Group, saying that uh, this seems hugely concerning for state spending, for government oversight, and for transparency and accountability of how state programs are being promoted. She's uh, uh, very de severo. I would be really curious to know whether the attorney general plans to recuse himself from this review or has reported it as a conflict of interest on his public filings to APOC. It's the question that's being asked is whether it is legal for families enrolled in state funded correspondence programs to use their allotment to pay for private school classes. We're not talking about enrolling them totally in private school. We're talking about using them for things like music, education, some kind of specialized you know, history class or something like that, which has been done already. But the question is now before the Department of Law of whether or not that is illegal. Both the Department of Education and Early Development and the Department of Law say the issue is currently being reviewed. Meanwhile, at least one correspondent school in Alaska is already allowing families to be reimbursed for secular private school classes, and at least one more plans to start the practice this coming year. So this whole article is because of the fact that they do homeschool their kids, and they use an allotment, and they have used that allotment to reimburse public schools. I mean, it just seems so much ado about nothing. I mean, yes, he is the head of the Department of Law, but would he be involved in that directly? I don't know. Has he recused himself? I don't know. But it just seems like uh, 
I mean, it's it's, and again, here's the tag at the very bottom. Originally published by the Alaska Beacon, an independent, nonpartisan news organization that covers Alaska state government. Nonpartisan, just just remember that. Independent, nonpartisan. I mean, again, this is the news story. This is the story you're talking about. It just doesn't seem to make any sense. All right. We got um, we got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show. Open line, open forum. We're taking your calls at 433-3150. Back with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, in the break right now. Much ado about it is much ado about nothing, says Sandy. I mean, it just seemed like this story was really reaching. It was like trying to find something blatantly wrong with this. Um, you know, because his kids are homeschooled and because they use it to pay for private lessons or lessons from a private individual. I mean, this is again no different, as Sandy points out, than using allotment for purchasing classes from private vendors. Um, I mean, does it? I don't know. It's just it doesn't even it doesn't even make any sense to me. But don't worry, your source for independent nonpartisan journalism. That's what the Alaska Beacon is all about. Your source for independent. Uh, let me read some headlines here from the Beacon just to see what uh, um, education department isn't sure. Uh, Biden urges the assault weapons ban. Uh, COVID uh, vaccine for kids under five is available. Um, I, I just I just keep going. Firearm stocks spike as investors dismiss chance of tightening gun laws. Uh, Arctic greening won't save the climate. National gun control fails after mass shootings, but state often loosen laws. These are just some of the stories that they've got going on in here. Uh, at the Alaska Beacon, which, you know, just jump right in there, folks, and subscribe. Subscribe. The NAA Beacon. Exactly. All right. Um, <clears throat> when are we going to talk about, when are we going to talk projects in this state? What is the status of the Alaska Canadian Railroad? That's a good question. I mean, right now, I don't think it's going anywhere. I mean, we can't even get enough dough laid out in these areas to finish the in-state railroad, let alone, let alone the Trans-Canadian Railroad. Uh, there was a mass shooting yesterday at a church, but this happened in a South African town. It's happening around the world. Uh, it is happening around the world. We've seen it over and over and over again. Um, school... <clears throat> Excuse me. School would be in the same boat if they took if they book a field trip or have an outside instructor. Then, yeah, I mean that's 
this whole thing again, it just seemed to be much ado about nothing. That's pretty much my pretty much my standard thing at this point. Uh, Building-based schools are dropping enrollment every year because more and more people are going into the homeschooling program. That means building-based public schools have less and less money. I mean, I think that's that is part of it. They definitely are bent out of shape about the fact that more and more parents have decided. And again, the silver lining of the pandemic was discovering for many adults and many parents exactly how easy it was to homeschool their kids. And, uh, you know, exactly how, you know, exactly how how fulfilling it was and how much better it was for them. Um, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears had a really good speech at NRA last week. I didn't watch any of the NRA stuff last week. I got to be honest with you. I'm so disappointed right now with the whole NRA thing and the fact that with everything that's going on, they voted LaPierre back in again. Um, I mean, just tone deafness on the part of the leadership uh, of the organization, which to me is just really sad because, again, the people who are at the state, I mean, all the people that I know that work in the NRA at the state level are amazing people. And they they, and they're not happy about it. But the leadership continues to recycle the same thing over and over again, putting LaPierre back in. It makes it makes no sense. But, uh, you know, there you go. That's that's where we're at. All right. Um, Raise the drinking age to 21, said Harold. The drinking age is 21. Right? Isn't it? I guess some states make it 18, but I think for the most part it is 21. Harold says he's going to form a company and build a railroad, which I'm all for you, sir. I support you 100% in that endeavor. Feel free to do it. All right, we got to jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like it, share. Like it, share. Go out on YouTube. Subscribe. Ring the bell. Let's do it. All right. What do you guys got to say? What do you want to talk about? We're open line, open forum here for the remainder of the hour. We will talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Um, I want to. I want to see what's. Uh, I want to see what's happening. What's on your mind? We would love to. Uh, we'd love to discuss that with you. 907 433 3150-907-433-3150. That is the number here in the studio. We'll uh, take your calls and see what it is that you have to say. For those of you who missed the first hour, we did talk a little bit about what was going on in uh, <laughs> what is going on in the election cycle this year. Uh, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, or just uh, tuning in, Saturday is the final day to get your ballot into the uh, into the mail. 
That's June 11th. That is the deadline for all of the ballots that are out there for the special congressional election. Now, you have to remember that there are just three dates this year that you have to worry about, right? Um, three, three days, three dates, June the 11th, this Saturday for the special congressional election, August the 16th for both the general election for the special congressional election and the jungle primary for all of the state races, including the regular congressional election, just to confuse things up a little bit. On top of that, the special congressional election will be a ranked choice voting vote, meaning you pick the top four, and the regular primary will be a jungle primary where you only pick one. And according to what Gail Fanumiai was saying in the press conference when they were announcing all this, this appears like it'll all appear on one set of ballots. So it's not even a separate, like, here's one and here's the other. Here's your ballots. And then, of course going all the way over to November the 8th when we will have our final ranked choice voting vote for all the seats, including the full-term congressional seat. So did you get all that? Did you, did you, did you track on all that? There you go. Uh, that's, the whole, that's the whole enchilada right there. Um, Harold of the chat room says, raise the drinking age to 21, to which I commented that in most states, the drinking age is 21. And he said, oh, well, the age is 21. Well, require background checks for folks under 21 who want to buy AR-15 semi-automatic rifles. There are background checks for people under the age of anybody who buys an AR-15, uh, semi-automatic rifle from a dealer, from a licensed dealer has to do so. And has to pass a background check whether you're 18 or 80. There's already a requirement for a background check on that. That's the problem is that most people just don't understand how this thing works already. There's already a requirement for a background check on this. Wait, wait. Do you think we should just do something? Is that what you're saying? 907-433-3150, uh, going over to the uh, Satellite West call-in line. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, good morning, Willie Kepler and Quinar. Good morning, Willie. How are you? Lovely out here. Just lovely. It's a beautiful day, by the way. And uh, looks like the fish are definitely finally coming our direction. Good, good. What's on your mind today? But I... Well, several things, starting with fuel prices in Western Alaska and the corruption that's been so rampant. Everybody knows about it. Nobody wants to deal with it. And it's a frustrating situation. You, you, have, you, have a, you have an oil company that's delivering out here. It's one of the two major, two major players, and it's got... It's open. Anybody can buy stock in it. Right. And we know that we know or we strongly, strongly, strongly suspect we have representatives and senators that own stock in this company. But there's no way you can prove it. You can't get in there and look to see who's who's owning stock. But okay. we all know out here who the heck 
stakes owning it because we can see whose family members are running one of the companies out here. Okay. Um, the height of the height of corruption in Western Alaska is is just unmatched. I mean, you have Mary Peltola running for U.S. U.S. Congress. I mean, that's the Peltolas and the Hoffmans run this portion Southwest Alaska, the YK Delta out here. Okay, Buzzy Peltola, his ran YKHC. Buzzy ran U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Buzzy was the one that shut down all of our subsistence out here, but fish and wildlife to cover up because they don't want to. They don't want to smear the local native that's doing this. Have the white guys take care of all the all the nasty. Shut the Kuskokwim down, and no fishing allowed. Villages don't get to eat because it meant if they could get the federal declaration of emergency meant millions and millions of dollars in research coming to Bethel and U.S. Fish and Wildlife right there. So in other words, you'll starve his own people for the, for the federal money. The feds covered all this up, made the white guys do all the nasty work out here, and then when the pressure got too hot, they transferred Buzzy to Anchorage to U.S. Fish and Wildlife there to be in charge of subsistence. Okay, fine and dandy. Buzzy's still taking too much pressure out here because there's nobody getting fish, and he's supposedly in charge of subsistence, so what's he do? Well, he decides that a job at BIA would be really good, so he's going to go take off and go head BIA in Anchorage for the state of Alaska. Two days before he leaves his federal U.S. fish and wildlife job, he appoints his wife, Mary Peltola, to be in charge of the Cusquim fish, fisheries out here, the federal portion. A nice, sweet little job of $87,000 a year. But the deal was they were living in Anchorage, and they didn't even have enough money. I mean, they didn't have a house out here, which you had to live here to be qualified for the federal job that Mary now has. So they go buy a house from good old Uncle Lyman Hoffman. They buy Lyman's old house because now he lives in Anchorage. <laughs> you kind of see where all this is going. It's, it's just time to clean up the corruption. And Western Alaska is plum chucked full of it. Right. Um, we're filing today. We have uh, a lot of paperwork and we can prove our point that Lyman is not a resident. You don't, he didn't even show up here till the last day of May. Um, legislature was out for weeks before that. His wife never was here all winter. Lyman wasn't here all winter. <laughs> he made a couple of quick trips, mostly because BNC buys his, that's his, the native corporation, for-profit native corporation in Bethel. They buy, buy Lyman his airplane ticket to come out here because he's president of the board. He's here. Climbs back on the plane, disappears again. Um, and is, you know, this, is this like the worst? Harold, is this like Harold, the worst? Is this like the be a circus of freshmen and a clown show? Probably, maybe, but we can't be no worse off. I, I'm a firm believer in term limits. 
my friends ran into the lineman at the store the other day that he finally blessed Bethel with his presence out here. And he's going, yeah, I'm going to make it 40 years before I retire. But I don't think Wyman's actually grasping what's happening because the villages are going, wait a minute, wait a minute, where's our PFDs? You ripped us off for 15000 And when I was in Bethel piling the paperwork, I walked around, and people were literally clapping and cheering. Yes, go get them. Is this it's time? Is this like and the so worst? Is this this the, stuff, Willie? Is this stuff kind of, like the? Is this stuff like the ahead. worst kept secret in in town? That uh, that they're not living there, that they're not looking out for the interests, that people are upset, um, or is this? I mean, is it just the powers that be that are keeping things rolling? What's what's going on there? It's the powers that be. I mean, there's there's the handful. There's a handful of people that run Bethel pretty much, and they've all got their fingers in the pots, and the gravy is there. There's so much money that came in over this, like the stimulus, YKHC, Native Health. It's rumored they made close to $500 million just jabbing sticks up people's noses. Forced, it was forced testing in all the villages, pretty much forced. Right. And you had to get swabbed just to get into Bethel at the airport. I mean, it... They made so much money, and there's so much money floating around that Lyman's Lyman's definitely got a hardcore bunch that are gonna go ahead and vote for him because they're all got their fingers in the same pot for over 30 years. Like I say, he's trying to make this four more years gives him 40 years in Juno. Yeah, and this is why we need term limits. I'm so happy to see Stevens finally getting a challenger at him. Right. You know, I mean. Well, you I think, can't have the same people going back to the people and telling them, hey, we're good guys, yet we passed the largest budget in history. Right. With we're a, forward funding billions of dollars just because they don't want to put it back into the CBR and repay the debts they owe because right. they don't want to have to try to work together to find three-quarters of the legislature to actually take the money back out of the CBR for worthwhile projects. Right. I keep looking, where in the world is a project? What was the last real project that happened in Alaska? Well, it happened um, before 1977. In March of 1977, the first barrel of oil traveled from Prudhoe Bay to Valdez. That was the last real project that ever happened. And we're sitting here without gas, without fuel, and we're, we're looking at getting our fuel out in the Kiski, yet they're not even developing gas there anymore because they have foreign tankers pulling fuel out in the Kiski. And right. so our fuel is coming from Cherry Point, Washington, getting getting offloaded out in Dutch Harbor and tanks there. Our tankers go down there from there from all across western Alaska and we, we're jockeying fuel back and forth. We we haven't built anything. We we're not even we're not even capable of taking care of ourselves in the state anymore right we're well, dependent on everyone going, else and that's exactly yeah. what washington dc wants or we're going they backwards selfless we're going and, we're going backwards we we i mean we lost a refinery i mean we're you know we we can't we can't take care of our own we're one of the most resource rich states in the country and we can't take care of our own people that's the crying shame we got one minute here willie you bet well my my Real, my real pet peeve in life is when I moved. I moved to Alaska in '77. Moved into Copper Center. 
And for 10 years, I thought, well, sooner or later, they're building the gas line. There'll be work right here from home while I was traveling to Prudhoe Bay to work the oil rigs. They could have built 20 miles of pipeline per year, maybe call it 25 miles of pipeline per year. And if they'd have done that, a gas line, they would have had all the gas they could have ever burned hitting Fairbanks. The houses in Fairbanks could have been fueled. Electricity could have been fueled. You wouldn't have had to go refurbish a $20 million go-bust coal recycle plant at Healy. Right. We could have been pumping D.C. You, you know, I mean, this is my frustration. We've done nothing but waste money. Well, waste money. No capital fraud. It's good to see you step up to the plate, Willie, and I'm glad to see it. I'm looking forward to seeing what this filing on Hoffman does. And what kind of eyebrows it raises. I appreciate you calling in this morning. Thanks for being part of it, folks. One final segment coming up. The Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Our light, our guide. And our trusted friend. Okay. Um, and Willie is cleared out of the uh, off the phone lines. Um, <clears throat> uh, we must start somewhere with the railroad thing. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, as if kids in their late teens abide by the drinking age, there's an entire industry of fake ideas. Most high school age kids are experts in getting fake IDs. <laughs> uh, again, I mean, I just, you know, uh, I just find it ironic that, uh, you know, that the comment is, oh, well, then they should all be background checked. You buy a firearm from any dealer, any kind of firearm, a 10, a 22, a 1022, a little Ruger 1022, you buy it. And you have to pass a background check. There are already background checks. This kid at Uvalde passed a background check. I mean, all of those things were already, I mean, mm, 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 mm. Um, any weapon. Okay. Tammy uh, Tawny says, Mike, it doesn't seem realistic to spend money on a jungle primary for those seats that have four or less candidates. Am I wrong? Because they'll all move to the general election. Only seats with five or more candidates should have spent money on the jungle primary. I agree. I mean, that's the thing. And of all the races that we were just talking about, um, where is the division of elections things that I had right here? Um, going back through these races, let me, let me, let me scroll through these real quick just to make sure that I'm right still, but I believe that there's only one, okay, seat A's got two, seat B's got one, three, four, nope, only three because Machiki pulled out, uh, four in seat E, two in seat F, three in seat G, two in H, three in I, seat J has got four, K has got two, four in L, two in M, N, O, P, that's two and three and three and three and two and three. Uh, now into the house, three, two, one, uh, two, two, three, two, 
three, four. 11's got four. 12's got two. 13 has got uh, two, four. Three, four, four in 16. Uh, four, three in uh, 18. One, two, three, four in 20. Here we go. Five of them. District 21. Nope. Only four because one was denied. Never mind. Four. Uh, three, two, three, three, four, uh, four, three, three in district 32, one in 33, three in 34, 35, one, two, three, four, five. Looks like district 35 is the only one. 35 is the only one that has five or five candidates. The rest of them have four or less. So you're right, uh, Tawny. It doesn't seem realistic. It doesn't make any sense. But there we go. We're going to expend millions of dollars on a primary anyway. Um, okay. Just never stops, never stops, never stops. Um, we definitely need term limits in all political positions, says Sandy. Yes. If you're 18, you're held accountable to the government and courts in all manner, including service in the armed forces. There's no basis in that frame of sustaining the age of 21 for prohibiting any decision allowed to be an adult or otherwise. I agree with that. Um, that I agree. Uh, you, you know, if you're 18 and an adult, you're 18 and an adult. Either that or, or you're not. I mean, how they can... F- how they can hold all that other stuff accountable, I don't know. Uh, how many days of gasoline does the state have in case these tankers can't deliver? Not enough. I could tell you that. Not enough for the long haul. Uh, time to hitch the dog teams to a wagon. <laughs> that might be the answer. Time to get the dog teams out. All right. Well, we're one minute out, folks. Uh, would love to hear what you have to say. The phone lines are open right now. All four of them are open. And I would love to hear what you guys have to say on any of the topics that we've hit on today or something brand new. If you got something brand new that you haven't, we haven't hit on, we'd love to hear what you have to say as well. Um, uh, base manufacturer, Canadian markets, a railroad, railroad, railroad. Okay. Harold's talking about forming a railroad. I'm with you. Do it, man. Do it. Make that private sector work. Let me know how it goes when you try and get through all the regulatory hurdles that the government's put up. But I am all for the private sector doing it as well. Make sure you have a bicycle, says Randy. That's true, too. If you're worried about the gas, make sure you have a bicycle. It cost me my little Mini Cooper. cost me $65 to fill up the other day. And I thought, my God, I'm glad I don't drive a pickup truck. Holy cow. Have to take a mortgage out just to fill the tank. All right, let's get going. Here we go. Final segment, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. All right, uh, one final segment for the show this morning. Yeah, inflation, man. That inflation's starting to pick up. 
So many different things. I had a friend in Tennessee who sent me a picture the other day, yesterday. His gas tanks, his gas pumps were all empty. Um, they only had Supreme left. Uh, but he, I told him he was doing well. His Supreme was only $4.89 a gallon. I paid five eighty nine dollars the other day for Supreme. Uh, I mean, I'm driving a car with a 12-gallon gas tank. I mean, this is a little tiny Mini Cooper. Thank God I get 37 miles to the gallon. Um, because it was $65 to fill up my little Mini Cooper. I mean, if you 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 poor guys with the big pickup trucks and the diesels and everything, I mean, I feel for you guys. Got to sell your firstborn just to be able to fill up the tank. It's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Um, Tawny asked an interesting question in the chat room, uh, which I went over a little bit here during the break, but um, it is, um, it, I mean, it, it's a valid question. Now, part of this is is covered by Alaska statute and everything else, but Tawny says, Mike, it doesn't seem realistic to spend money on a jungle primary for seats that have four or less candidates. Am I wrong? Because all four of those will move to the general election. Only seats with five or more candidates should have the money spent on them in the jungle primary. And Tawny is not wrong. Of the 59 seats, and we just went through them, I just scrolled through them during the break with the uh, with the chat room, with the 59 seats that are up and, and running uh, and open for the election, only one seat has five candidates. The rest of them all have four or less. So anybody who appears on the ballot in this primary for the state elections, I'm talking just for state elections. I'm not talking about state legislative elections. I'm not talking about the governor's race and everything else because that's going to have more that has more candidates in it. But the for the only seat that should have the primary at that point is the uh, District 35, which is out in Esther, outside of Fairbanks. There's five candidates there. But I guess you still have to have the you still have to have the primary for the governor's race and for the senator Senate race and for the Congress race for the full seat and everything else. So, I mean, I guess it's it all has to take place anyway. I don't know how much more it costs to print all the extra names on the ballots, but. It, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting, uh, comment that you, do you really even need all of those, uh, uh, you know, all of those primaries? I, I don't know. Well, folks, we're, we're coming, look, you know, we're coming up on, on a hard time here. We're coming up on a hard time and we best start, we, we best start figuring out exactly how we're going to make it through this. Um, we've got inflation running rampant. We've got the government doing, wanting to do everything that it can do to do something. We've got a legislature, which heretofore has decided that they know better than you how to spend all of your money and then some. And we, I mean, we've got, and and we've got people who are just tired. People who are just including myself, who are just tired of watching this thing go over and over again. 
I mean, this is the this is the the circular, you know, this biofeed this negative biofeedback loop that just keeps going and going and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And we keep trying to say, here are some solutions that never get taken up. And it is frustrating. It's very frustrating. But I just keep reminding myself that we can't grow weary in well-doing. We, we just can't grow weary in well-doing. We've got to do what we can to try and stop and save the state. So don't. I guess my exhortation to you is to... Don't let frustration win. Don't let the frustration win. You can, we can do this. We can, we can beat this. We can bring this state back on track. And there, again, there are a few changes that we can do to help make it. Now, we're in the middle of number one. Number one is changing the players, right? That's the charter of changes, changing the players. And we're in the middle of that. I mean, a quarter of the state state Senate is out no matter what, because those people aren't even up running for re-election. And then we've got all the seats in the House are up. And a bunch of those are not running for re-election. So we, we do have an opportunity to change the players. I still think it's imperative to change the venue. I still think that we need to move the legislative system onto the road system. Move the legislative sessions onto the road system so that we can be part of this. And maybe we will, maybe we will show up, maybe we won't show up, but sure, it sure would be nice to have the option, wouldn't it? To show up for those things, wouldn't it nice to be ha- to have that option? We have to change the rules. We have to again keep the binding caucus out. We need to re uh, we need to re uh, invigorate the conflict of interest rules. We need to make sure that the Open Meetings Act applies equally to everyone across the state. And we have to change the way we fund government. I mean, it should be zero-based accounting. I mean, it really should be. But if not, at least looking back on what we have and what we have received in the past and look at a five-year rolling average of our average revenues and work from there. I mean, this is – I think this is a solution. Am I still frustrated? Absolutely. But at least I have some kind of game plan that I can fall back on and work towards and try and get to. That's what the Charter of Changes brings to me. I would recommend you try and share this with everybody. We've got the Charter of Changes. We'll put it up on our website again here. But you could take a look at it. But, I mean, this is what needs to happen. How many times have we voted yes to move the Capitol? Uh, something like six times. But I'm not saying move the Capitol. I'm saying move the legislative session, which we have done in the past. We've held the session in Anchorage. We've held the session in Fairbanks. I say we move the session, not the Capitol. Leave the Capitol alone. I think we got time for one more call. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Mike. Jeff from Homer. I was listening to the guy about the oil up west there. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I do know for a fact is just a minute the Biden administration came in, they took the big oil thing out here that stands so high, brought it in here to Homer on the ship, took it to Switzerland and cut it up so it couldn't be used. 
So I know that for a fact. The drill rig is that what you're talking about? Everybody. That, yeah, the the, oil, the big one that they take the ship and sink it and haul it. It stands tall. We've had it here in Homer two or three times when they move it. They put it in a safe harbor here. And uh, I was talking to the boat boat pilot captain, and I said, what, what are they doing with that? And he says, going to Switzerland, they're going to cut it up for scrap metal. That's where that went. That mm. was the minute the Biden administration came in. Mm. So that'll tell you quite a story. Well, I mean, I think there's right no there. it's no yeah. secret. There's no secret, Jeff, that they want their green global agenda to move forward. And to do that, they may need to make it as painful as possible to use fossil fuels. So no big surprise there. Unfortunately, there's no, I don't know how they'd take it to Switzerland anyway. It's in the middle of the country. I mean, how do you boat it to Switzerland? But either way, it's no big surprise. Even if they just took it out and sunk it in the ocean, that would be no big surprise at this point. Thank you for your call, Jeff. I'm sorry I'm out of time. Folks, we got to go tomorrow. Is Brad Keithley, Chris Story. Be kind, love one another, live well. The Michael Duke Show. I mean, how would you boat it? How would you, I mean, how would you boat it to Switzerland? And first of all, why would you take it to Switzerland? I don't know. I don't know. All right, friends. We're out of here. We got more coming up tomorrow. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell on YouTube for me, will you? We will see you tomorrow.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.